It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Uh, as we welcome you back from the weekend, hope you guys had a good one. I did. Uh, worked all my jobs and um, actually uh, got to um, go see a, a guy that uh, I've kind of uh, I kind of like listening to and watching perform uh, Todd Snyder uh, on Sunday night. If those of you who listen to kind of like folk country or, or, or I guess, yeah, is really considered like a folk alternative type artist, um, got to go watch him on Sunday night. So hope you guys had a great weekend. Uh, and we welcome you back with this. There's a lot going on as always. With the Washington Redskins, and we'll start and try and get through as much as we possibly can uh, as we kick off this week and as we draw even closer to free agency. Let's kick it off with talk of Brandon Sheriff, who is apparently um, in discussions, according to Ian Rappaport, not that this should be surprising, about a long-term contract with the Washington Redskins. Now, Here's the deal. Um, The one-year franchise tag, which is what I would prefer to use, is prohibitive, is cost prohibitive. The Redskins have about $63 million worth of cap space right now. That's before re-signing really anybody. That's before doing anything. Um, And Sheriff would cost about $15 million of that. Maybe a little bit less. The problem is, even though he's a guard... It gets averaged in with the tackles, and it's going to cost somewhere, maybe even north of 15, 15 15.5, somewhere in that range. We don't know the exact figure yet. It's all based on when the NFL officially sets its salary cap and gives teams their figures, and then the franchise tag and the transition tag and the exclusive tag, and all of that is factored in. Right, So we don't have that exact information yet, but that is a close estimate that it's going to cost between 15 and $16 million. So here's the problem. You know, when I'm unsure of a player moving forward, ideally, um, in this particular case, when a player is good, has a good track record, not a great track record, I generally want to lock them up only for one year. And the only way you can really do that, unless they have no leverage is via the franchise tag. If a player agrees to a one-year contract, that player is basically saying, look, um, I can't really get the long-term deal that I want, and I'm I'm betting on myself. I'm going to take the one year, and I'm going to prove you wrong, and I'm going to prove everybody wrong, and then I'm going to get paid. So Brandon Sheriff could do that if he wanted to. 
Uh, I don't think he wants to. That's uh, my understanding. Uh, and, and, you know, some of this is based on others reporting is that he wants security and he wants a long term commitment. The problem with the franchise tag, as we saw with Kirk Cousins, is the money is a ne- once you start offering that or once you offer that, as was reported by Jenna Lane of ESPN earlier last week that the Redskins were going to or were planning on doing that. Once you start throwing that around, you automatically set the bar at a different level, especially if you actually put it in place. And what we mean by that is if the franchise tag turns out to be $15.5 million, right, and you put the franchise tag on them because you just run out of time and you're not sure if you can get a long-term deal done, but you want to keep trying, that's great. But in most cases, in most cases, smart agents are going to say, well, wait a second, you're paying my guy 15, 15.5 million dollars a year for this year. And now you want us to take 12 million dollars per year to do a long term deal just to get extra security. Mm-mm. No chance. Now, maybe they don't have to get 15.5 every year on average, certainly there's a discount, you would think, involved. There was a discount with Kirk Cousins involved. The problem was the Redskins wanted to pay him $20 million for 2016 under the franchise tag. And then they offered him a long-term deal of $12.5 million per year. I mean, get lost. Ridiculous. That was their initial salvo. And they only got up to like 15 and a half, I think maybe 16 at one point um, in that first year. No, we're not talking about pay 15, 15 and a half million for a franchise tag and then go all the way down to 11 or 12. No, no, no. That's that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about if you're going to pay 15, 15 and a half, 16 for the franchise tag, then the long-term deal that we're offering has to be like 14, 14 and a half, somewhere in that range. It has to be somewhat close. Agents are not dumb. Players are not dumb. And that was the problem with Kirk Cousins, is Kirk Cousins' long-term offer was basically a long, short-term offer. He wanted a lot of guaranteed money. And more importantly, he wanted closer to that $20 million range per year when the Redskins slapped the franchise tag on them. And even before, when it was heavily rumored that they were going to. And this is why we thought the franchise tag then was evil, because Kirk Cousins was only going to get better. He was only going to put up more numbers. Uh, The Redskins were coming off of a division win. And the numbers became out out of control they they were the prohibitive factor to him signing a long-term deal even a a long-term deal of three years which is what he offered ultimately to them i think it was like sub 60 million just under 60 million at the time and as it turned out he bet on himself and he got the three-year 84 million dollar deal plus he got 20 and 24 in one year guarantees from the redskins so he made out like a bandit He played his cards perfectly. Is Brandon Sheriff willing to do that? I don't know. I don't think so. Doesn't look like the Redskins want to do that. Looks like the Redskins want to lock him up long term, which is fine. I understand that. 
The question becomes is whether Brandon Sheriff wants to sign for a reasonable deal, say like four years and roughly $52 million, an average annual value of about $13 million per year, which is a little bit lower than top-of-the-market money, but he gets a four-year contract, which, you know, not all of it would be guaranteed, but 55-60% would be guaranteed, if not more. Actually, it would probably be more, depending on structure, depending on offer. But if you average $13 million per year, four years, $52 million deal, that's like kind of like a fair deal. And then you can work out the different language and the different structure and all that stuff. I think that's a pretty fair deal. Now, would he ideally want more? Sure. Would ideally the Redskins want to pay 12 and a half instead of 30? Of course. You know, that's the negotiation. But I think if both sides can come to that, then I think it's probably in both sides' best interest to do that. Again, I'm not the biggest fan of committing long-term to Brandon Sheriff because, A, I think his body is already starting to break down. That is clear. He's only played 19 of 32 games. Uh, I've been told by multiple people in and out of the organization that they fear committing top-end dollars to him. What you cannot do just because you want to try and avoid the 15, 15 and a half, 16 this year, what you cannot do is afford to pay Brandon Sheriff a contract that is, you know, four years, 60, uh, $60 million, meaning $15 million per year on average. No, you can't do that. What you can't do is a five-year deal uh, worth, uh, let's call it, um, you know, let's call it uh, $68 million, something like that. You want a four-year term, and you want ideally for it to average no more than like $13.5 million per year, which would bring us to four years and about $53, $54 million, somewhere in that range. I think that's fair for both sides, considering that Brandon Sheriff has only played 19 of 32 games and considering that he's good to very good, not very good to dominant. Uh, occasionally he's dominant, very occasionally. So I think that's the most fair thing that I see on the table. What will happen between the Redskins and Brandon Sheriff? We know both sides want to make it work. Like at some point, the Redskins might have to use the franchise tag just as a placeholder. I you know, I don't know how that is exactly going to work out. But it looks like they've identified him as part of the core. And that's understandable. Now the question is, will he have his running mate, his tag team partner, uh, from last year at least, on the other side, back with him? We'll discuss that next on the Locked on Redskins podcast. What's up, guys? If you've been a listener of this podcast, the Locked on Redskins podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked on to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked on Redskins is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Redskins fans, just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Locked On Redskins fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's 
put your company right here on this Locked On Podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. Let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On Advertising success. Once again, that's text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue along right here on the Locked On Redskins Podcast. So on Saturday, word leaked out that the Redskins were indeed interested in bringing back not only Brandon Sheriff which we knew about, uh, just a matter of which way they went. And it now appears that they're going the long-term contract way, uh, that they want to bring back Eric Flowers, who was very good, but mostly good, um, at guard in his first year, left guard, uh, last year for the Washington Redskins. Now, Bill Callahan had always liked Eric Flowers, wanted to uh, potentially draft him in the first round, back in 2015. Uh, I've been reporting on this for several years now, and when Flowers was available from the Giants and went to the Jaguars, people laughed at me. They scoffed at me. Now, uh, I didn't know which way Bill Callahan liked Eric Flowers so much, but I knew he liked him. Uh, And as it turned out, they liked him at guard. Big body, right? Big menacing frame. Uh, lack of exposure to footwork uh, or lack of a need for footwork. Um, You just kind of use your brute strength and size, right? And that's what Eric Flowers was. Now, Flowers comes in, signs like a one-year $3.75 million deal, and he's awful in the offseason, right? They're asking him to play tackle. Um, They have no tackles. Uh, He doesn't want to be a tackle. They don't want him to be a tackle. They want him to be a guard. He doesn't get started at guard until late in the offseason program. Uh, then he's kind of you know behind in training camp the preseason. Of course, media is running left and right with uh, oh they got to cut him, they got to cut him, which was absurd. Uh, they were not cutting him. Please, it's not like they're loaded with people. I mean, you know, like this team thinks they're better than they are. Uh, they were never cutting Eric Flowers. Uh, you can't do that when you didn't give him an opportunity, and they finally gave him an opportunity regardless of Trent Williams because they went out and got Donald Penn and regardless of Jaron Christian, it took forever to recover. So now they're putting Eric Flowers at the position that they think he would be best at, that he thinks he would be best at, and that the world, like those that didn't automatically write him off as a clown, which is stupid, um, that the football world that actually knows what they're talking about thinks he would be best at, right? So the Redskins finally do that. And what do you know? He blossoms. He blossoms into a pretty good starting guard. Again, not great. 
Maybe he'll get great with more practice, with more playing time, with more experience, with different coaching. I mean, it's hard to get better, per se, than Bill Callahan and Phil Rauscher, but who knows? The problem is Eric Flowers only signed a one-year deal. So now the Redskins have to sign him as a veteran free agent. And, of course, theoretically, he should get paid, right? He is now on his second contract, and he played at a different position. He played, again, well, and now he's a free agent. The question is, is how much can you spend on him? You know, you're not going to franchise tag him, obviously. Maybe you could transition tag him, maybe, just to see what the exact market is on him. But you would get no compensation if a team signs him to a larger contract than you were expecting or hoping for. But maybe that's an option. Or you can get a multi-year deal done right here and right now. And that, you know, is probably what the Redskins are trying to do. Ron Rivera told Larry Michael over the weekend for Redskins.com that that's what they wanted to do. They hope to re-sign both guards. Um, again, Sheriff is easier because him, he, you would franchise tag if you felt like the negotiations weren't going great or weren't going good enough. Uh, in terms of Flowers, played all 16 games last year, six penalties, um, you know, Again, mid-60s in terms of grading, low-60s in terms of run offense, uh, high-60s, I think a 69 out of 100 in pass pro, six penalties, didn't allow a ton of pressure. I don't have the exact pressure numbers in front of me. I, I sh should probably look that up and get that to you uh, for the next segment. Um, but the bottom line is this. Eric Flowers was solid. He was good. He was dependable. He was sturdy. And on an offensive line that right now, yes, has two young guys in Wes Martin and Ross Pierce-Parker that are waiting in the wings, you'd probably say, well, they really don't need to break the bank for Eric Flowers. And I got to be honest with you, if they're going to spend the kind of money we're talking about with Brandon Sheriff and because you have Martin and you have Pierce-Parker, I don't know if they're going to go heavy with Eric Flowers. I really don't. I mean... You know, you have Callahan up in Cleveland. He's got Joel Batonio, Pro Bowl left guard. I don't think he's going there unless they're going to flip him to right guard, which is different hand placement, different technique, all that. But Phil Rauscher, the Redskins offensive line coach from last year, once Callahan was promoted to interim head coach, and Rauscher was the assistant offensive line coach, he's now in Minnesota. They need all sorts of help in Minnesota uh, on their offensive line. So I wouldn't be surprised if Rauscher in Minnesota – make a run at Eric Flowers. Now, I don't think they have a lot of cap money, so I don't know how that's going to affect any uh, offer, but that would be one team that I would be expecting to make, you know, a pretty good run. Um, he played a, a 937 snaps last year. A couple of years when he was with the Giants, he played over 1,000 snaps. That was at both left tackle and right tackle. Uh, listen, again, he knows now what he is. The world should know what he is. So how do you kind of pay it? Again, the one-year option is not really an option. So to me, and I wrote about this at RedskinsReport.com, how about a three-year deal, maybe $20, $21, 22000000 in overall value? So he's getting seven, $7.5 let's just call it that, per year on average. About $12, $13 million of it guaranteed. Uh, maybe seven or eight fully guaranteed at signing. 
This way he gets locked in. He gets money. It's not that long of a contract. If he continues to get better, he can still hit free agency. What, by the time he's 30, whatever it is? I think that's a fair deal for Eric Flowers. If we're talking about wanting three years and 30 million, no thanks. I'm not going there. If we're talking about wanting four years and uh, let's say $9 million per, no thanks. I'm not going there. Like Eric Flowers is good, but he's one of those guys that I have to have at a reasonable cost, especially if I'm going to have to overpay Brandon Sheriff a little bit. And I'm still going to be shortchanged at left tackle and still questionable there. And, you know, Morgan Moses a little bit overpaid based on his production at right tackle. Uh, so to me, you know, that three-year, 21, 22-ish million-dollar offer is probably my sweet spot. And again, the, nobody's telling me that. I'm just trying to figure this out on my own based on using common sense. Now, here's the thing. I don't work for the player, and I don't work for the team. What I want to see happen is both sides to be happy. And both sides will claim to be happy if they get a long-term deal done. Uh, but I know and you know that it's a risk if certain things are in favor of the player. It's not really a risk if things are more favorably structured for the team because the team ultimately has kind of the power. All right, so that's that situation. Um, Ron Rivera was at the Wizards game on Sunday night. It's the second sporting event he's attended in the last four or five days in Washington, D.C. Went to a Caps game on Wednesday night for the first time with his daughter. They got their doors blown off. And then the Wizards lost to the Miami Heat on Sunday night. Yeesh. Ron, stay away. I mean, I care more about the Capitals than I do the Wizards, but Ron Rivera so far 0-2 in games that he's attended for the Washington Redskins uh, head coach with the Caps and the Wizards this week. All right, so that's just a fun little story. When we close up shop here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, we will have a mock draft Monday and also let you know what a source told us late last week and over the weekend right here on LOR. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we close up shop here on the Locked On Redskins Podcast by telling you this. Uh, listen, we, we covered the Todd McShay situation in full last week, so we're not really going to necessarily go down. We just want to pass along what we were told. Uh Spoke to one tapped-in source late last week, and they certainly gave it more credence, more belief that this kind of thing is still happening and is already happening. Now, uh, I don't know if they knew for sure or if they suspected it or if that was their sense. I mean, a lot of times, you know, you have to kind of navigate these waters. So I'm just telling you what I know. I did contact another source that is tapped in as well uh, that I trust implicitly. Um, it doesn't mean they're always right, 
doesn't mean that they know everything, but they know a lot of things. Uh, and this source was absolutely steadfast in saying they are not getting interference from Dan Snyder. And again, involvement is different than interference, right? Uh, if Dan Snyder is giving his opinion, hey, guys, I prefer if we draft Chase Young. I really like Chase Young. Here we have the quarterback, da 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 all that. That's involvement. I'm okay with involvement. He's the owner. He should be involved. Interference is what we believe happened back in early 2010 when Mike and Kyle Shanahan did not want Donovan McNabb, Don, uh, Don, Bruce Allen, uh, he was the Teflon Don for a while, Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder orchestrated the trade essentially behind and against Mike Shanahan's wishes. That's interference. There's a difference. So when somebody says to me, Dan is not interfering, I tend to believe that at this point. That doesn't mean he won't forever. But I do think there's a difference between interference and involvement. So you have that. Just wanted to pass that along. Also, the Redskins, if they trade Trent Williams, finally, at some point, according to uh, over the cap.com and through my buddy Earl Forsey, who's been a guest of ours a number of times, the Redskins will have about $73 million uh, worth of cap space and getting a compensatory pick for Jamison Crowder. So they would have eight picks heading into the NFL draft, which is a little bit better, especially considering that they're missing a second and a sixth at this point. All right, let's wrap it up this way with a quick mock draft Monday. Kyle Krabs of the Draft Network does a good job, uh, and all the boys there uh, do a really good job. So Kyle Krabs uh, put out his latest mock draft. Uh, this was on Sunday night for Monday, and what do you know? The Redskins are still taking Chase Young at number two. Joe Burrow still going number one. I still don't understand why nobody will give credence to the fact that the Bengals go a different way. Uh, because they're not convinced that Joe Burrow is going to stay. Now, maybe he's the pick and then they trade him. I don't know. Maybe they keep him. I don't know. I mean, but to say there's no denying the inevitable, Joe Burrow will be a Bengal, um, you know, maybe that will happen. Probably that will happen, but I can't guarantee it like many others can. Uh, and here's the deal. It looks like you know, at least according to most people's opinions, the Redskins are just, you know, trying to milk the most they can and buzz out of that number two pick. But most people think they are still going Chase Young. And that's what I think. Now, the Giants are mocked in this particular Kyle Krabs mock draft 6.0 on the draftnetwork.com to take Isaiah Simmons, the outstanding speedy linebacker from Cleveland. Now, this was a three round mock projection. So the Redskins, as we know right now, don't have a second-round pick. That could change. But right now, they have the number 2 and the number 66 overall pick. And with the number 66 pick, the second pick in the third round, uh, Krabs and the Draft Network have them going. Brandon Ayuk, the wide receiver from Arizona State, uh, saying that they couldn't get the extra picks it was waiting for, so they waited out the 64 picks. They get another rookie wide receiver to pair with Terry McLaurin for a scary one-two punch. Uh, we all know how this works, right? If you have juice in your legs and youth 
and talent and skill, the Redskins can be scary. I still think they'll lean towards a veteran free agent receiver uh, more than a rookie, but if they don't get the right veteran, I can certainly see them in a deep class going uh, somewhere along this way. All right, so that's going to do it for us. We will have more coverage throughout the week, more mock drafts, more everything Redskins-related right here on Locked on Redskins. Thanks for being with us. I'm Chris Russell. Adios. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.